Good morning and happy Father's Day to all the dads. It is so great to be uh, with you this morning. I said in first service, normally I am not here. Normally I am back there. Um, but I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor here. And if you, I forgot to clarify in first service, but if you didn't know, Pastor Kevin is my dad. Um, and he did get off pretty easy. So um, if, you want, if you want some stories about him, find me later. We'll, we can chat. Um, but it's awesome to be here with you uh, today for Father's Day, and uh, I, I have been apologizing. I think I may have gotten some people in church for Father's Day under some false pretenses. If you were here last week, I threw in the announcements that because I kept a human alive for two years, I know everything, um, and that is, in fact, categorically false. Um, but today... My goal is to encourage you, to encourage dads, and not just dads, encourage stepdads, grandpas, uncles, and, and moms, and, and anyone who is in the life of young people. I, I think there's something for you today, um, and I'm glad that you are here to be a part of it. And to be honest, if I had it all figured out, I would be a billionaire multiple times over. And I assure you, that is not the case. Um, but we're going to celebrate dads, and we're going to look at some, some things to encourage each and every one of us this morning. <clears throat> I am new to fatherhood. Uh, this is Levi. Levi will be two in August, and... Um, he is awesome. He is also the reason there's chocolate on my shirt right now. Uh, he had a cookie between services and, you know, gave me a hug, so that was great. Um, but it's proof that I have a toddler. Uh, he, uh, he, he's awesome. And being a dad is terrifying, exciting, it's challenging, it's painful, it's uh, interesting. You know, all of those things, that's what being a dad is all about. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I grew up wanting to be a dad. I loved kids. I loved being around kids even when I was um, younger. And so I was excited about it. But um, I realized really, really quickly that I knew nothing about being a dad. And I wasn't overly confident about my abilities going into it. But even now, I'm like, you know what? Every day, you're learning new things. You're figuring out new things. And uh, the more I thought about it, I shouldn't have been surprised by that. I've worked with teenagers for a long time, and, and I, I've had conversations with parents where they're like, what do I do? And so I shouldn't have been caught off guard by that, but I was, and uh, that's on me. But it got me thinking about today. I can't make you the best dad that you can be, if you're a dad. I can't even make myself the best dad that I can be, but what I want to do is point our attention to some things that I believe God has put in our lives to help us and uh, that we have readily available to us. And again, this goes for you, whether or not you're a dad, whether or not you're a mom, wherever you are in life, God has put things in our lives to help us as it pertains to um, just relating to and guiding young people. And so uh, before I go on, I want you to hear something. And I, I don't get serious a lot. I like to joke. I like to laugh. But this is a serious thing that I just want to really communicate here briefly. Dads, uh, stepdads, grandpas, uncles, you are irreplaceable. 
There's nobody that can take your place. And the role that you have in the lives of your children, your stepchildren, um, people in your classroom, at school, whatever it is, you are irreplaceable in their lives and you are a huge part of God's plan for them. And I don't ever want you to forget that. And it, that comes with a weight, but that's good. That weight is good because it, it shows the significance of it. And we've unfortunately seen the, our culture kind of shift and, and not value dads as much as they, they once were. And so I just want you to re- remember that, that you carry a very significant role in your family. Billy Graham uh, said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. And I love that he didn't just say in our families, in our church, he said society. There's value that you have beyond these walls, beyond your house, and it's, it's our community. And um, I think that that is something to be remembered. If you are in a position to influence young people because of where you work, because of your family, because of who your neighbors are, um, you have an opportunity to establish, help establish a trajectory, a trajectory in the lives of young people, and it's not something to be taken lightly. So the bottom line today, one of the things that I want you to remember, I want you to take away from here this morning is that the right tools make all the difference. The right tools make all the difference. Um, I was just at your house just the other day, and I know the right tools make all the difference because you've been working on a deck, and, and we've, you know, besides the point. But the right tools, they make a huge impact. That one was for you. Um, and as dads, we already have some of the tools we need at our disposal that sometimes we forget about. Sometimes we don't realize. So I want to touch on a couple of these. And the first one, I just want to make the point of uh, this. You draw the line. Dads, we draw the line in the lives of our children. We have the opportunity to do that. Before you can build something, you need the right tools. And as, as men, maybe this is just a man thing, I don't know. But um, sometimes a, a particular project gives you the opportunity to get a new tool. And sometimes, I can't say I've ever done this, but sometimes you may come up with a project so you can get that tool, right? Um, I've been told that as a dad, you, you have to get really into a, one of a couple of things. You have to get really into golf or you have to get really into grilling and smoking meats. Um, I was already into golf, and I haven't gotten into grilling, so I've started to buy tools. That's kind of, I just accumulate, and I'm I'm preparing for the future is what I tell my wife. Um, But before you build something, you have to have the right tools. And if our goal, which I believe this is what our goal should be as dads, if our goal is to raise Um, our kids to love God, to love others, and to make an impact in their world, we need to be as equipped as we possibly can be to set them up for success. And so that's a little bit of what we're talking about. Before I start on a project, there's some things that I need. After I have the plans, after I have the materials, I have to grab some of my tools. And before I can grab anything else, usually the first thing I, I get, because it usually takes me the longest to find, is one of these the world's flattest pencil, okay? Um, to prove my, just as an example, at our house, we, uh, we have a deck downstairs just off of our living room, and it's a low deck. It's a little lower than the, the platform here. 
but we have a walking tornado named Levi. And uh, he loves to be outside. And so I wanted to, um, to add some, some posts and spindles and railings and a gate so that he could be on the deck in, um, I don't want to say cage, but kind of. Um, so I didn't have to worry about him going off into the woods and getting into trouble or, or eating, you know, uh, pine cones or something like that. Uh, and so we started a project to just add some spindles and railings and that sort of stuff. So the first thing we did is we took four by fours that cost a fortune and you, you notch them out. And we just notched them out and attached them to the deck. But the very first thing I had to do is I needed this pencil because without this pencil, I could not set my mark. I couldn't set my line. We couldn't, we couldn't even measure um, because we, we needed to find out where we needed to cut. And so this pencil, uh, this helps us set the line. And undoubtedly, you've used one of these before. They're usually rough. They're usually chipped. They're usually broken. Um, they're sharpened a lot of times just with a utility knife, so they're not even pretty. But these have a very specific function. They are set to, they're, they're set up to draw the line. Before I grab my drill, before I can make the cut, I need to draw the line. And so dads, grandpas, uncles, stepdads, we are this pencil. This is us, right? Not necessarily glamorous, um, but the ability of this pencil sets up the entire project. You as a dad have the ability to set your children up for the rest of their lives. The way you lead them, the way you love them, the way you instruct them. And today, I just want to kind of make some comparisons in that sense. And before I go too far, I don't want to forget to mention that pencil lines can be erased if you mess up, which is really great. So as dads, we have the chance to, to kind of re, reconvene if we make mistakes. And um, we are this pencil. There's different types of ways to mark your lines. They're not, uh, they all have their, their upsides and their downsides, but that is our role as dads. Now, one of the hardest things for me as a new dad is times where I feel completely and utterly useless. And it happens more often than I really thought it would. Um, but it never fails. Levi will be upset about something. He didn't get a third banana he loves bananas, or, or he had to come in from outside or something. He, he's just upset, and he gets inconsolable. Um, and so I come over, and I grab him, and I'm hugging him, and I'm telling him I love him, and that everything's okay, and that if he needs something, I'm getting it for him, doing all these things. And it never fails. Two, three, four minutes into my attempt to console my child, he reminds me that he loves his mom more. And he just, mama, you know, he's just that kind of pitiful cry for mom. And then mom comes over and he goes to her and she doesn't even have to do anything. Everything is perfect. Life is the best. And um, I was really struggling with that. There was a period of time where I literally, I would kind of say out loud to myself, well, why do I even bother? Like in that moment, if I know what he wants is his mom, why do I even try to do anything? Because now I'm just frustrated. Now my confidence as a dad is in tatters. And, you know, I just, like, I feel almost a little useless in that moment. And um, I realized that I was, I was flirting with falling into a mindset of, I can't do anything for him, so I'm not going to try. And I think it's something that dads, we can fall into if we're not careful because there's nothing like mom. There never will be. Even as an adult, there's a different relationship there. And um, I think we can fall into a little bit of separation. 
And so I want to encourage you that, that even though that might feel natural, don't allow that to take place in your lives. Um, nobody can take the place of mom, but dads, we have an equally important role to play in the lives of our children. And I will let you know, Levi, more and more, is I can hear him down the hall, dad, 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 dad. So we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um, <clears throat> our kids, obviously, we know this. If you have kids, if you have nieces, nephews, whatever it might be, you know that our kids are looking up to us. They're following what we do. They're, they're um, at times imitating what we do. And uh, an example I have of this, I just, I don't know really why I remember it, but I, I remember it very clearly. Uh, my dad and I, we spent a lot of time outside, whether it was playing catch, uh, spent a lot of time doing yard work. We would hunt and fish and do those sort of things. And I remember one time we were walking in the woods and I, uh, I was kind of walking alongside of him and it had snowed. So the snow was, you know, it was plenty deep and my legs were um, shorter than they are now. And um, eventually I fell behind. I couldn't keep up with him. And um, you, you might already know where I'm going, but without even thinking about it, I fell perfectly in line with where he was walking. And I took every step that he took. And it might have started off as a little selfish because it was easier, but it made me think about this picture. I was walking behind him because uh, I knew those steps were safe. I knew that they were easier and I knew that he was gonna take me where we needed to go. So I fell in line with him without even thinking about it. A more recent example, I was taking Levi to daycare last week which I do every day, and it's kind of a fun time. You know, we get to hang out a little bit in, in the car, and um, apparently I momentarily forgot there was a toddler in the back seat. And if you were with us last week, Greg mentioned that there's no place that you, you walk the line of losing your salvation so frequently as in the car. Um, just, you know, other drivers and stuff like that. But I was driving down the road, and I realized I forgot something, and it just so happened it was the check for daycare, kind of an important thing, like, please take my child, here's money. Um, and I realized I forgot it. So I'm driving down the road and without thinking, I just kind of exclaimed out loud, because that's what you do. I said, shoot. And less than two seconds later from the back, I hear this little voice, shoot. And, and it kind of set in, into my, you know, I just, like I've been thinking about this, but it was the perfect representation of our children are watching what we're doing. They're following in our footsteps, whether we know it or not. And what we say, what we do impacts them. Charles Ketterling said, every father should remember that one day his son or daughter will follow his example, not his advice. They're going to follow our example. If our kids are walking in our footsteps, where are they heading? Where are they going? Are they walking in step with God? Are they walking in steps of grace, forgiveness, compassion, love, and joy? Or are they walking in steps, are they mirroring uh, things like uh, uh, anger, bitterness, selfishness, unforgiveness, those sort of things? Are they following the line that we're writing? Where does that line fall? Scripture talks about our kids being arrows in the quiver of an archer. You know, we've, we've heard that comparison made. So where are they being shot? Uh, Joshua 24, 15, uh, you may have heard it before, but, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
that statement at the end is a declaration that he's making over his family. As dads, as parents, we know we can't control our kids forever, even though we might like to, but we can't. But I believe that making that declaration really can set our kids up to go where we want them to go, to honor God. Making that decision, making it boldly and making it out loud is something that's so crucial for each and every one of us. Deuteronomy tells us that we should impress God's commandments on the hearts of our children, and we're called to establish the line to be cut, to establish the line that will be the final outcome for them. And I just want to challenge this, uh, challenge you in this. If you have the opportunity to speak into the life of your children, even yet, or or grandchildren, whatever it might be, never let someone else establish the trajectory for your kids. It's not the job of the schools. It's not the job of their teachers. It's not the job of your neighbor. It's not even the job of the church. As parents, it's our job to set their path on the right course. It's our job. It's our responsibility. And it's, it's a heavy one. And so never let someone else do that for you because kids are born trusting and whether or not they realize it, they're trusting us to lead them. They're trusting us to make sure that, that their needs are met, that what they need in life is taken care of. Levi just started uh, swim class uh, a week ago, which is crazy to kind of think of. And he was really shy um, about it, but he had fun. And his favorite thing was we'd set him up on the ledge or have them stand and you'd ask him to fall forward or jump to you. And I realized something, he didn't for one, just not even a second, he didn't hesitate. He jumped right to me and I realized that in his life, his entire life, I have yet to really have given him a reason not to trust me. Or if I did, he just forgot, because you know kids are like that. But he didn't have to question what I was asking him to do. He knew he could do it and that I would take care of him. And um, I know that there's going to be a time in, in our life that I'm going to screw up and he might have to think it through a little bit more. Um, but it was so cool to kind of see that they're wanting to follow us and they're looking for us to lead them. Proverbs 22.6 says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. There's value on beginning them in the right place. It's so much easier to set something up from the get-go where it needs to be than have to go back 18, 19, 20 years later and try to, try to corral and try to reposition and, and fix what happened. So you might be thinking, well, Pastor Ben, that pencil is not, very, it's not perfect. It's not, um, it's not even that straight. It's, um, it's kind of chipped. It's kind of messed up. I'm not perfect. My dad isn't perfect. Um, I get it. We're not perfect. We don't have that ability. And that's why we need something to help us set that course. The course that we want to see our children follow, we need something to help us, which leads me to my second point, that we need to keep our line square. Uh, this is a square, even though it's a triangle. It's really confusing as a kid. Like, grab my square. I don't see one. No, it's the triangle. What are you talking about? Um, but this is what you use when you're, when you're working on a project to establish a true line. 
If I'm looking to cut a board, I set it there and I mark my line, I have a straight line as long as my board isn't too crooked, which most of them seem to be these days. But this is what helps you establish that line. If we're marking something that needs to be cut, we want our line to be straight. We want it to be true and we want it to have the desired outcome that we're aiming for. And I think what happens is too many times we think we have to have it all figured out. Whether as a parent or a spouse or an employee, we think we have to have everything together. And we don't have the ability to do that because I know that if I had a board in front of me and I had 1,000 attempts with this pencil, I could never draw freehand a perfectly uh, straight 45 degree angle. I would never be able to do it. So I can't do that on my own and that's why I need to line it up with something that will help me do that. The same way, if I'm trying to parent Levi without God's word, without a relationship with Jesus, I'm not gonna get it right. I might get some things right or some things okay, but I'm gonna miss out on some really important things. I'm, that line might wobble a little bit and that doesn't do any good when you're trying to cut, when you're trying to establish a finished a finish product that has a true purpose. I would never be able to do it. I need to use something that is square. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Kids focus on that first part. Dad, you're irritating me. Bible says no. But the truth of it is the second part. We're to set them up on a course true and in line with Jesus um, so that they can be successful. The other day I was sitting right back in the tech booth. It was on like Wednesday maybe or Thursday. And this doesn't happen to me a lot. Um, I'm not overly emotional. Like, like a lot of people, I tend to just keep those all inside until they explode everywhere. You know, it's really healthy. But I was sitting back there and I was preparing for today. I was praying. I was kind of, um, you know, thinking and doing some research and I just started crying. I just, I was in tears and, um, and it caught me off guard, but I realized something that I don't want Levi to be like me. I want him to be better than me. I want him to be a better friend, a better Christ follower, a better, uh, son, a, a better husband, a better dad one day. Like I want him to go so far beyond me that I'm learning from him right? That's what I want. And, and it kind of, it, it kind of, it caused me to pause because it really put this in perspective. How can I set him up to go beyond me if I'm not walking in line with Christ? If I'm not in line with his word and what he says about me and what he says about uh, me as a father, how can I hope or expect Levi to go any, any further if I'm using myself as that square. I can't do that because it will be like a 30 degree angle or a, it won't be true. And, and it just hit home with me that that's the only hope I have as a dad to set him up for success, to set him up to be a Christ follower um, is to, to be in line with Jesus. So I have this encouragement and um, maybe it was just for me, but I, I don't think so. And I think this goes for anybody. Um, but I, I, I want to encourage you to let your kids catch you doing what you want to see in their lives. 
Let your kids catch you doing what you want to see in their lives. Get caught praying for them or for others. Get caught showing kindness. You know, maybe that comes in stopping to help someone who's stuck in the ditch or, you know, their car broke down or something like that. Get caught treating their mother exceptionally. And this is the tricky one, even if you're not married to her. I mean, what more does that say to a young person when they know there's differences, but they see us treating their moms with honor and with dignity? Get caught forgiving others. Get caught admitting when you're wrong, especially to them. That, that's a big one. And get caught ultimately serving Jesus. Um, I, I grew up, obviously, in a pastor's family. And um, as a kid, you're, you're more aware, you're, you're aware of more in the church than you wish you would and than you probably should be. And it wasn't because my dad ever came home and shared these things with me. Um, it usually had to do with just that I was just there, I was aware of what was going on, or I was listening to a conversation I probably shouldn't have been listening to. So you hear things, and the, the beauty of it, the thing that I witnessed, was that I saw my dad do those things. I caught my dad, caught, I caught him praying for people. I caught him serving when in my heart, I'm like, I don't wanna do this. I caught him um, admitting when he was wrong, forgiving people that, that hurt us. And, and I, you know, it wasn't just when I was young. I still, obviously, I can observe those in him even today. And that, that is the proof of, of what, the, what we're talking about is that just because your kid reaches 18 doesn't mean they're not watching you anymore. In fact, it's probably with some more critical eyes now that they know everything. Um, so we have to be aware of what they're, what they're observing in us. Proverbs 14, 26 says, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. Your relationship with Jesus does something for your child before they even make a choice to follow him themselves. It provides them a refuge, a stronghold, a place that they can be secure in. So part of our role as dads is to set a line, to be cut, set an example. The question is, what are we scribing against? Is it the square? Is it God? Is it his word? Is it what he instructs us to do as Christ's followers? Or is it outside influences, things that aren't true, that aren't um, God honoring or, and won't take us where he wants us? Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. God's word shows us where we need to go, which is beautiful because I don't know where I need to go as a dad. And, and I can rely on God's word to encourage me, to give me wisdom in those areas. As parents, grandparents, teachers, volunteers, neighbors, wherever you are, when it comes to our kids, we can't just try to figure it out on our own. We can't do it because we're not gonna come up with the answers and eventually we're gonna make stuff up. And, and there's some areas in our life that we can just kind of make stuff up. I unfortunately excelled at um, last minute preparation in college when it came to writing papers. I think we kind of talked about that last week. Does it run in the family? Okay. Um, but you can't do that with kids. We can't just make it up as we go because pretty soon it's gonna catch up to us and we're gonna be in trouble. 
We can't show them the way to navigate life if we're not trying to figure, out, figure it out on our own, and that's why we need God to be that square in our lives. So thirdly, we need to stay sharp. And I love this quote. It's by a guy named John Hart. It says, The lone father is not a strong father. Fathering is a difficult and perilous journey and is done well with the help of other men. I don't understand why, but I feel like this is a hard one for us as men, as dads. It's hard to put ourselves in a position to be vulnerable, to admit that we don't have all the answers, that we, maybe we've made mistakes, maybe we, we're not sure what to do next. But I want to encourage you to put yourself in a place to walk alongside of other men. Walk alongside other people. You probably already are thinking this in your head, but Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We're designed to live in community with one another. That's how God created us. And when we walk alongside other people who love God, have different experiences than us, what's happening is both of us are getting better. We're getting to be better versions of ourselves. We're learning, we're, we're growing together. And when we become dull, when we become broken, when, we, uh, when this pencil gets chipped and, 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 and isn't sharp anymore, what happens is we duplicate this pencil's issues in our line. So if we don't deal with what's going on in us, we're gonna duplicate that in our kids. If we struggle with unforgiveness and they see that unforgiveness in our lives, you know what's gonna happen is they're gonna deal with unforgiveness. They're gonna carry that unknowingly, um, those things that are at play in our lives. And part of the way that we deal with those is by allowing ourselves to be sharpened, not only by God, but by other people. And, and our, our spouses can do some of that, but really there's something, um, there's something about putting yourself in a position to have a relationship with somebody else that can challenge you and speak into your life and, and help you in these, in these manners. Um, there's been obviously a trend for a long time, not just recently, but the do-it-yourself mentality. And I love the do-it-yourself mentality because um, you accomplish something, you learn something, you save money, right? If you're working on a project just yourself. But the problem with that is sometimes it gets us in this frame of mind that like, hey, I can, I can fix this deck or I can do this wiring. Or pretty soon we forget that there are certain things that we can't do ourselves. This pencil cannot sharpen itself. It can't even, you know, it can't do anything outside of whoever's using it. We don't have the ability to sharpen ourselves. We don't have the ability to really encourage ourselves the same that other people do. That's why we need to put ourselves in that position. Don't do fatherhood alone. Get connected, whether that's a connect group here at church or just somebody else that you know, but make sure that that, that person that you're connected to that's speaking into your life is pointing you towards God, not the opposite direction. Because at that point, you're not sharpening anything. You're going the opposite way. But find someone in your life that is willing to, to do life with you and encourage you and walk alongside you during those times, those challenging times of parenthood. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We're supposed to do life together. 
And as dads, we need to make sure that we're doing that. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're at in life. God did not create us for isolation. He didn't. He created us to live in community with one another. I have a confession um, that might get me in trouble with the dads and the husbands, might get me kicked out of our club, but uh, I read instructions most of the time. Um, It's because I need the help. I realize I can't do it, and if I try to figure it out on my own, I'm gonna screw it up worse, and it's gonna take me twice as long, and, and I should have asked for help in the first place. And I know that if Levi would have come with a set of instructions written specifically for him, I needed that book. I still need that book, right? But I'm also really skeptical because I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't read any of those what to expect when your wife is expecting type books because I'm like, you're writing about your experience with your child, and you know nothing about Levi, you know, nothing about our, our marriage or how, how do I apply that? So, you know, I'm skeptical at the same time. But we need that instructions. We need to know the course to take. We'll never have all the right answers ourselves, but we need to get the right answers from the right place. We need to be lined up with God. We need to be uh, scribing alongside of him and what he says for each of us. And I believe that if we realize that we help set the line for our kids, that we make sure we're walking squarely with God and we allow ourselves to be sharpened by others, there's a pretty good chance that we won't screw up this parenting thing too much. If we, make the, if we realize those things, it doesn't take out the human element, but I think it puts us in a position to make sure that we're setting our kids off in the right direction, towards God, towards loving people and changing their world. And uh, I realized that Father's Day, it comes with, it can come with heaviness, right? It can come with heaviness. As dads, there's a weight to the responsibility you have, and, and that can, maybe it can ring more true on a day like today. But then for others, it's, you ha- maybe you haven't had the chance to be a dad. Maybe your dad's no longer here on this earth. Maybe your experience with your earthly father was so horrible that you just want to forget about it. And, and I don't think we can pretend that, that we're not in these spaces, right? No matter your experience, no matter how it hits you, that's where it is, and we just have to work through it. But it could be a tough one. But here's what I was, I was thinking about Regardless of where you fall, there's a reason that in Scripture, God is referred to as God the Father. And I've heard people say, well, I don't want anything to do with God the Father because of the experience I've had with my Father. And they take an experience that they had with a human, and they apply it to God, and they feel like it kind of lines up. And I, I can't really put myself in that situation because I have been blessed with a great dad and a great relationship with my dad. But the older I've gotten, I can understand how that perspective maybe settles in people's hearts. But the more, I, more I've thought about it as I was preparing and praying and things like that, I think it's actually the opposite. I think scripture refers to God as God the Father because it gives us something to look at. It gives us an example of what fatherhood was intended to be. Now, we're never going to we're never going to measure up to it because we're humans, we're going to fall short. 
but I actually think it's designed to be the opposite. When we have a, a bad experience, a horrible traumatic experience with our earthly father, it should actually focus our attention more on our heavenly father because we know he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never let us down. He'll never uh, fail to fulfill a promise that he's made. And so I would just challenge you, if you find yourself in a position where Father's Day is hard or that's kind of where you fall, I would challenge you to change that perspective. Look at God as the example of who we should strive to be. Now, we're never going to be God. I don't want to be God because he's God. He needs to be God. But the things that he, he shows us, they're things that I want. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's kind. He's unwavering. He's a protector. He's full of grace and compassion. Those are things that I need as a dad. And so I can't put myself in your situation, but I would just encourage you to to think of it that way. It shouldn't create a gap. It should actually push you closer to him based off of your experience with your earthly father. And just as I close, too often our experience with our earthly father changes our outlook on God when in reality it should be the other way around. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for being our Heavenly Father. I thank you for showing us what's intended. I thank you for your patience, your forgiveness, your compassion, your mercy. Those things that on our own we can't figure out ourselves. And right now I pray for dads. I pray for stepdads. I pray for moms and single moms, wherever we are all at, God, I just ask that you would speak to us, that we would remember that we have a role to play. We, we are to be the ones who are setting the course for our children, but we don't have to do it on our own and we can rely on you. And Father, I pray that each and every day we would ask for your strength. We would ask for your mercy. We would ask for you to guide us as we parent as we set up young people for the rest of their lives, understanding that there's a weight, understanding that they're watching us, understanding that, that to a point they're either going to mimic us or they're gonna just go the opposite direction, God. I pray that you would give us favor with our children. And God, that we would be able to set them up, we would be able to trust them in your hands. And God, you would, you would keep that line straight, that that cut would be true and that the ultimate purpose for their lives would be accomplished. Father, I thank you that you are the healer, and I pray that today for the one who might be experiencing pain during, during Father's Day, during a, a, a holiday like this, God, that you would you touch them, that you would begin a restoration process that only you can. Father, I thank you for your unconditional love, and I thank you that uh, you are with us, every day, all day, and that you go before us. In your name we pray, amen, amen.